Hello and bonjour to my expat journey. Today I'm really pleased to have Alexandra Posescu as a guest. Hello, Alexandra. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. So Alexandra is now in Berlin, so it's probably 9.30 in the morning. And uh, here in New Zealand, it's uh, the end of the day. <laughs> so thank you for really meeting me today. So Alexandra, you're a mother of two. You're an economist who turned writer. You wrote the book, Just a Diplomatic Spouse, who was published uh, last March and is available on Amazon. So it's the story about your story as a wife of a diplomat from Romania. When I read the title of the book, I definitely thought, oh, I would love to have you on my podcast to share and, and about your book, about your experiences, etc. I really enjoyed reading it. Uh, it brought me back to um, my place of heart, Europe, uh, especially Berlin. My mom's German, so uh, it touched me a lot. And uh, so let's let's roll. So can you let us know how your journey started? Well, it's um, actually it started uh, a bit longer, uh, long ago, because uh, I've also been an exchange student in the USA when I was in high school. So this was basically the first, um, um, I don't know, a trip, longer trip abroad, if I can uh, put it this way, so or uh, intercultural experience. Uh, and it was uh, the most difficult one, I would say, because uh, uh, I was coming from Romania, which was uh, a free country, but it had been uh, under communist regime for a long uh, time before. So uh, I, I had lived for the first 12 years of my life in a completely different world. So uh, we weren't allowed to, to travel that much. So uh, after that, the, the cultural shock was quite big and the differences were enormous. Of course, nowadays they are... Um, um, not so uh, so big anymore, but mm -hmm. uh, imagine 30 years ago was yeah. a completely different story. Um, so this was the first one. And uh, then after I uh, married my husband, uh, who is a diplomat, a career diplomat, we started traveling and um, I, um, I saw this from maybe another perspective because mm -hmm. um, uh, you when you move uh, for example when you are in high school or it's uh, one thing you maybe adapt quicker because you are younger you are eager to discover people you get a lot of friends already when you go to school so uh, maybe the integration is easier okay. um, but when you move um, as I did uh, as a diplomatic spouse and you don't have uh, any friends anymore you don't have a job uh, you have to start from scratch basically with everything and I would say it's uh, it can be a bit traumatizing at first mm -hmm. um, you have to certainly you have to adapt and to learn how to to build your life over and over again and to build connections and to be friendly and open to to new people and new ideas and uh, everything so um, all these things came in time mm -hmm. uh, maybe I'm a friendly person in general so it helped me a bit yeah. but uh, I certainly have to to learn a lot bit by bit mm -hmm. also to how to to navigate mm -hmm. through this kind of uh, of life so what makes a difference between an expat experience and a diplomatic spouse experience I would say they are quite similar mm -hmm. and uh, 
that's one of the the main reasons that uh, my book was very well received by a lot of uh, by the expat community mm -hmm. and a lot of people from uh, uh, who live more or less the same kind of uh, life uh, that we do they uh, wrote to me and they sent me reviews or uh, feedback and they said that they enjoyed and they recognize themselves in some parts of the book mm -hmm. um besides that um uh, so uh, okay we move uh, maybe not as often as some expats because I discovered that there are expats who move actually quite frequently, mm -hmm. so uh, more than we do. So I, I should not complain about that. Um, but um, above all that, in uh, the diplomatic world, uh, there is this kind of um, so, uh, diplomacy is very hierarchical. So mm -hmm. maybe people from outside don't know uh, this. Um, so you also have to to have this in mind. So uh, it doesn't matter i mean it does matter of course that you are the wife of a diplomat but it matters also what rank your husband has so what okay. kind of diplomat really <laughs> it's not like for expats in general does it really uh, make a difference yes it does oh. and can you give us example uh, meaning that, for example, if you are uh, the wife of an ambassador or mm -hmm. of a higher ranking diplomat, you would certainly get a lot more attention mm -hmm. that, uh, than when you are like at the beginning of the <laughs> hierarchical <laughs> uh, level. So um, it really makes a difference. And it's, um, uh, if you don't know uh, to how to, to cope with that, or if you don't know what to expect at the beginning, it might be a shock because uh, imagine that, for example, you are in your country, you have a career, you are, um, you have some um, uh, established relationships already, and then you move with your husband and you have to reinvent yourself. And also uh, you need the recognition of the diplomatic circles. And this comes, of course, everybody knows that you are the wife of somebody from the embassy, mm -hmm. but it really matters. I mean, let's be honest. It really matters which <laughs> one is your husband oh, wow. okay. <laughs> there or, or, uh, or wife. Because um, actually, I'm just uh, in the process of writing a new article now, and it's about this, uh, this theme. I mean, the difference and uh, uh, the increasing number of women who are involved in diplomacy mm -hmm. and the different reality of being a male spouse. So um, because Although we are in the 21st century, I think people are still not very accustomed and prepared to uh, to greet the male spouses the same way that they would do with a woman. So it's yeah. uh, kind of, still kind of a prejudice there. So, um, I, but anyway, um, so you if you know how. To... Sorry, so you, you mentioned go. that you mentioned that you 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 didn't know what to expect. So was it your case? Uh, at the beginning, yes, because uh, when we moved to, to Vienna, for example, my husband was uh, um, not uh, at a very high hierarchical level. Mm -hmm. uh, he was not at the beginning, but still uh, not very high. Um, so I, I wasn't aware of all this. So I, I thought everybody is equal, okay. <laughs> <laughs> which is not true. <laughs> but um, you you learn from uh, your experiences. You learn how to um, how to deal with it and how to make the best out of it. Mm 
it. So this is one of uh, my, uh, also my, uh, my advice is maybe it sounds like a cliche or something to make the best out of it, but it's really important to, to take the situation as it is mm -hmm. and to, to acknowledge that you cannot change some facts. So you just have to, to deal with it and to make the best out of the situation that you are in. So mm -hmm. at one point. Yeah. So is, it's creating acceptance. Uh, yeah, in some, I mean, uh, it's not like, okay, you, you resign or you, <laughs> you think, okay, that's it. No, you I don't give do up. It. You don't give up, but you accept. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you, uh, you always have to, to, to try if you want, of course, to find ways to, uh, to develop yourself personally, to, um, maybe find new hobbies, new interests, new areas where you can contribute, um, new groups of people where uh, you could be of help or uh, they could help you because uh, it's also one lesson that I've learned, especially when I moved to Berlin, because for me, Berlin at the beginning was a little bit more difficult. Um, and uh, one of the lessons I've learned uh, was that you always have to, to find um, groups that you belong to or yep. something outside your family and so okay you have your support of your husband you have your kids around or um but you need to have also something of your own outside mm -hmm. of this uh so um, i don't know go volunteer go do a class or something uh, exercise learn a new language or whatever uh paint um, whatever it might interest you but uh, find people with the same interests and uh find a group that you belong to so i how, um, how did you I, learn how did you learn that belonging is so important uh, from my own experience as i said i mean uh I also had uh, uh, quite a difficult episode at some point because uh, maybe also because of the weather and because of uh, the lack of uh, any meaningful activity <laughs> at some point, <laughs> because I, um, I really struggled at the beginning to fit in and to find um, uh, groups, as I say, uh, mm -hmm. with the same interest. And uh, I'm always interested in volunteering. And uh, when we moved to Berlin, it was quite difficult at the beginning to find something uh, uh, um, to do in this field and it took me about a year so a year is pretty long I mean when yeah, you yeah. are trying and I I sent a lot of uh, resumes and I barely got any replies and it was a little bit disturbing mm -hmm. um, and uh, um, eventually I started to to work with UNICEF but it was like uh, a year after we moved so the first year was quite difficult that's why I, I say I mean when you go through some experiences you learn the best your lessons mm -hmm. when you hear them from others okay maybe you listen to them maybe you're not uh, maybe you think okay they are overreacting or um i also sometimes i heard sadly but uh, true i um i heard some um, um some comments um, from others who don't know this kind of life and they never lived abroad or they mm -hmm. didn't have to relocate so often as we do and they always um assume that is not as difficult as we say it is yeah. and maybe we are like uh, complaining too much mm -hmm. or <laughs> we are maybe too spoiled or <laughs> yes so they are judging from a place that they don't know from outside yeah, yeah, yeah. not knowing exactly what it is about yeah so you said in your book that uh, one of your mistake was to comparing your experience especially when you arrived in berlin because you loved so much your your life in vienna uh, but if we step back can you now analyze why it was more difficult when you arrived in Berlin than in Vienna because 
we might think, oh, it's, it's your second round. So probably you're more experienced. So what, why especially was it so difficult? I would say that uh, any new posting is completely different from the, the other. So, uh, I mean, of course, maybe it helps that you uh, get more experience because you maybe know what to expect, uh, how things are going to be done or what you should do from the beginning, what mistakes not to make again. Um, but every posting is really different. So to compare uh, the two of them, it's, uh, it's never useful because first of all, I think the human mind works this way. You always remember only the best parts. So you tend to forget the, <laughs> the negative ones. Uh, so you will always think about the past. Oh, it was so nice. It was mm -hmm. everything was uh, perfect. And now look where I am. Or um, So this is, I think, one of the, the mistakes that I've made. So I, uh, I try to compare to the beginning, the two cities, which are like very, very different, uh, I could say. I mean, uh, Vienna is, uh, I don't know, more, let's say, aristocratic, um, but um, Berlin is a metropolis. So Berlin yeah. is really, really big. And now after six years here, I can certainly appreciate its advantages. So you can, uh, I also wrote in the book somewhere um, that you you can be anyone in Berlin, yeah. you can do anything. So uh, it gives you a lot of opportunities. So especially for an expat or a diplomat who wants mm -hmm. to, do something more uh there are a lot of alternatives and i think there are more than vienna but i don't know maybe to me personally vienna uh, suited me better i don't know at a personal level so maybe okay. i resonated better with the people or um you know how it is so it's uh it's a different uh, approach but um this is one of the, the advices that I give everybody. Uh, not uh, Don't compare people, uh, especially from an intercultural point of view. Mm -hmm. So it's like uh, uh, somebody might expect that, for example, Germans and Austrians are not that different because mm -hmm. by, they speak the same language, which is not true. Which so is they are true, like yeah. two different countries, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, um, but anyway, so uh, when you move to another uh, country, uh, you should not judge anybody also. So it's like, uh, don't come with prejudices about people, about places, don't listen to cliches, which are a lot everywhere. Not all of them are true. So most of them are actually false. Uh, and you discover them by, um, just by experience. So um, you take, you have to take your time, take your time mm -hmm. to, to understand people, to, to really know the place and then form an opinion and say okay i like it i don't like it uh, it has benefits or not so yeah mm -hmm. so at, at some point you you reflect on in your book about uh, the word sacrifice so uh, you mentioned that it's probably too strong so how would you call your experience yeah i don't like the the word because i really think it's strong and it's like uh when you say i sacrifice my life for somebody or <laughs> it seems very like uh, it sounds heroic <laughs> or mm -hmm. something which is not the case um but uh there are parts where you have to give up things people uh, places um and uh it's deeply emotional especially the the part where you have to leave a place uh, for example the the part where we are now because we are about to move soon from here uh it's really emotional because uh it doesn't matter how uh, great you found the place you um 
of course you found people that you will um, be found of and you will uh, um, not want to to leave behind so it's really really difficult all the time it doesn't matter where you go um, on the other hand um, you have to i don't know to to put like in a scale you know to to see okay what i've earned out of this experience and what i lost Mm -hmm. And uh, if the uh, the result is um, uh, benefiting you as a person and your development for the future, I think uh, it's worth it. Yeah. So uh, it's not a sacrifice. But of course, you have to be aware from the beginning that you will give up some certain things that, mm -hmm. uh, and you have to, to see how important these things are to you, if you can give them up or not. So... Did you give up on something that was really important for you? You mentioned uh, trying to be volunteering uh, because you love that and, and it was difficult for a year. So how did you manage to take that part on board and not give that up? I guess you just have to take one day at a time. So uh, I, uh, because uh, I've learned uh, throughout my life that uh, all the things that were, that proved to be the best choices for me they just happened I mean when I tried to force something uh, it didn't happen or it proved later that it wasn't the right match for me so uh, I I think this is a very good approach in life when the right things uh, which are meant to be for you will eventually find a way to to come to you for sure uh, and just the, the the latest example or one simple example is how I became to uh, uh, how I started to work with UNICEF because mm -hmm. uh, I, I told you I, I didn't get any reply and I had written also to UNICEF by the way so it was a very long list of NGOs um, I hadn't uh, got any replies Um, and I, I started to look for other uh, things and I, uh, I registered for a, a, a program um, which is uh, done by a university here, an academy, um, to, to study cultural diplomacy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I enrolled in that and it was really, really interesting and I really liked the subject and uh, it's an old passion of mine, so it was a perfect match. But um, uh, at one point, all the students from this class, from this uh, program, uh, were required to participate in a conference, which was in Berlin. And at this conference, one of the speakers was somebody from UNICEF. Mm. So uh, this is actually how it happened. So also by accident. I mean, I was there, I talked to this lady, and uh, this is how the connection was made. And afterwards, I started collaborating yeah, you, with them. You had the open mindset as well, right? Yeah, but uh, it's like, uh, okay, you, of course, uh, if you just wait for things to happen, they might never happen. So uh, you don't have to be desperate, but mm -hmm. also not to be too relaxed and just wait for things to just come to you. Uh, it's like, you know, uh, it's that uh, anecdote with somebody who's praying. Uh, I, I think I, I saw it in If Pray Love or somewhere. And it's like, uh, oh, please, God, let me win the lottery. Let me win the lottery. And in the end, God answers, okay, but please go and play. <laughs> so uh, it's... <laughs> Uh, it's the same. So if you just wait and pray for things to happen, maybe they might never happen. Uh, you also have to help them. So mm -hmm. you uh, you have to 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 try to to make things happen for you. So let's talk about now uh, uncertainty because that came a lot in your last uh, chapter. Um, because at the time you wrote the book, you didn't know if you were leaving Berlin or where will your next posting be. 
especially with this time of pandemic. So how do you deal with this uncertainty? I guess this is like a constant thing in our life, you know, <laughs> when you are in this uh, kind of uh, diplomatic world, because um, you cannot possibly know um, where you are going to be in a few years from now. You cannot make long-term plans for sure. Um, and uh, just for example, I mean, last year we were uh, supposed, I mean, we we were thinking that, okay, we are moving, then we didn't move. Uh, now we are moving maybe in a year or two, or who knows, we will move in another country. So you never know exactly, okay, I cannot say in five years, I will do that because I don't know where I will be in five years. So you learn to, to adapt your expectations also and to, to maybe to live more in the present, which is a very good advice for everybody generally. Um, I also wrote there uh, at some point because one of the, the great quotes that I think it's uh, it's really good and I try to follow it is like, uh, enjoy life today because yeah. tomorrow is never promised. So it's true. I mean, nobody mm -hmm. knows what happens tomorrow. Uh, so make sure not to regret today mm -hmm. and what you've done today that you lived it. And another thing that I read somewhere and I think it's so nice, it's like, like, um, enjoy today because you will never be as young as you were today, uh, which is also yeah. true. So. <laughs> so that has become your motto. Yeah, because I think it's, uh, it helps you um, see the um, and appreciate the things that you have in life right now and to appreciate today and the present and to, to be present. Uh, when you, if you think too much, of course, if you think about the future um, too much, maybe you, uh, all these worries come to your mind and uh, which really don't help. Yeah. for anything i mean uh, you cannot change uh, much and you you cannot anticipate much also so you have to learn with to to live with that but let's back let's go back to you your book now uh what makes you decide to to write this book um I, of course it started from a conversation with a with an old friend but um uh, maybe there were two reasons. So one reason was that I, I think still there are so many prejudices and so many cliches about the diplomatic uh, spouse's wife's mm -hmm. uh, life uh, in general. So uh, people who don't know us, uh, they have this idea that we uh, go from party to party, we only dress up and uh, we have a fairy tale life. Of course, it's a good life. I, I cannot deny that. Mm -hmm. But it comes with other things. It's like a whole package. So you have to, if you want to really understand uh, the, the whole picture, you have to, to see all the things so mm -hmm. and to know all the things. So this is one of the reasons. Uh, and the second one was um, that I realized that I, um, I've done maybe some mistakes or I had some false expectations who led me to, to some disappointments. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, if I can help somebody else who read it and maybe is in the same situation and or will be in the same situation and uh, I can prevent this kind of disappointment to them, it will be a help for mm -hmm. somebody. So um, these are maybe the, the two reasons. And afterwards, I mean, uh, if you, I mean, uh, I'm sure that you, uh, you've seen in the book, was, the book is also full of, um, it's a memoir, so it's full of our yeah. uh, experiences. It's, 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 too, it's, it's a lot of day-to-day -day life, uh, city in itself, description, uh, routine, family routine, seasons, weather, and even picture. 
Yeah, I uh, just few of them. Um, the thing is that I uh, I wanted to to picture that everyday life, but with with all it is in it, also with shopping, also with traveling. Also, this is how life is. I mean, it's not only a fairy tale. There are also like sad stories or maybe sad moments. Uh, there is also fun parts, and so. This is life in general. Somebody uh, said to me that uh, it's a very uh, interesting writing style because it uh, seems like a blog. Mm -hmm. It's a combination. So uh, it's, um, I just wrote how I felt I should, um, I, I should maybe sit with you at a coffee or just talk to you. And then after that, I put everything into words. So mm -hmm. uh, just how it, uh, how it was. Nice. So uh, one last question. So if you were in my shoes, which question would you ask yourself that I haven't? Oh, <laughs> it's a tricky one. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I would say, you know, uh, one of the questions that um, I, um, I mean, um, I'm not asked often is what motivates me. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think... Um, the reason that uh, um, one of the reasons uh, is that I um, I see my own transformation mm -hmm. in time. So if I compare um, myself to what I was uh, 13, for, uh, 14 years ago, um, I'm a I mean I'm not a completely different person, but I'm certainly changed. Mm -hmm. So I'm more calmer. I um, uh, I'm more um, maybe relaxed. Uh, I don't worry as much as I used to. Um, friendly I was before, so <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I changed that. <laughs> but um, so I, um, it's a transformation uh, who I think couldn't, couldn't have come if I was to stay in only one place, yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's the result of all this moving around. Mm -hmm. Nice. So your next destination is in two months. You're going back to uh, Romania, right? So how are yes. you preparing this uh, returning trip? Um, on one hand, uh, actually, last night I got this uh, question about, oh, have you started packing yet? And I said, no, I don't do this. Um, because I hate, uh, first of all, I hate to see my house full of boxes. Mm -hmm. So... I hate this and that's why I, I that's the reason why I do it on the last minute mm -hmm. uh, so just one week before or maybe two weeks before but certainly not more and the minute that I arrive home I try to unpack everything as soon as possible I mean last year last time uh, when we when we moved it took me three days to unpack oh, the nice. whole house and put everything in place <laughs> so uh, I was quite quick of course when uh, after years and years <laughs> I'm not sure that I will be as quick anymore <laughs> but um, I hope to uh, to be as fast as I was um, um, I, I try to organize some things back home because, of course, uh, along with the moving itself, uh, there are a lot of things to, to take care of, to register the kids to a new school, to uh, do some things around the house. So, um, and most of these things are sometimes difficult to, to coordinate from thousands of miles away so mm -hmm. uh, it's just of course nowadays it's uh, really easier than it used to be like 20 30 years ago because yeah. we have all this technology and we can video call people and <laughs> give directions or um have input but um 
still is quite uh, struggling at some point so um, and on a personal on a, on a personal level what do you expect do you expect to go back home exactly as you left it or do you because you sh you, you said you changed you transformed so how do you prepare that uh, return as well um I also uh, said about it, um, I, I think I wrote it also in the book, but I, I, I've talked to that to, to people uh, in general about that. And it's also um, a misconception, I think, when you assume that, okay, when you go back home, it's going to be a lot easier than going abroad somewhere else, which is not true. Because, which is not true uh, at all. Mm -mm. Yeah, even if you repatriate, you are not the same, as I said. And also the people that you find there are not the same. So they changed also while you were back. And even if you uh, keep in touch with people, and we try to keep in touch with most of our friends, and every time we go back home for a little while for a holiday or something, we try to meet everybody. Uh, so we keep in touch, but it's not the same. I mean, uh, you you still have to take your time to, to adjust. And um, for us, I think every time we moved it took us around six months to 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 get settled no yep. it doesn't matter if it wasn't abroad where uh, it was back home so i expect this time of transition also mm -hmm, when we mm -hmm. go back home and i'm prepared for that now so i know how it is um so i will just take my time mm -hmm. and uh, try to to enjoy the family try to enjoy the friends try to enjoy maybe more freedom yeah. <laughs> i don't know if Days, um, to enjoy my garden and uh, so I will try to focus on the the good things mm -hmm. and uh, I think this is a um, a good approach usually in life so try to just to focus on the good things and um, just uh, one last thing I um, I wrote um, I'm doing a series of interviews with other diplomatic spouses for a magazine that I write for and um I interviewed this lady who uh, is a painter. She is a diplomatic spouse, but she discovered this passion. Uh, she's also a psychologist, but she paints very mm -hmm. beautifully. And she entitled her collection, Things That Bring You Joy. Mm -hmm. And I thought it's such a nice title. And she, she told me the same thing. I mean, she thought about this title because she said, yeah, okay, in life, you have to focus on the things that bring you joy. So you don't uh, concentrate on the, the, the negative part. If you want to have a meaningful and successful life and relaxed life, you have to, to focus on the good and on the things that bring you joy. So I tried to do the same. Oh, nice. So that would be our last word today. So thank you very, very much, Alexandra. Thank you. Thank you. It was a really pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. I just give you the name of the book again, which is Just a Diplomatic Spouse. So thank you for our audience listening today. If you liked this podcast, please share it or rate it. There are plenty more to come. Stay tuned. And in the meantime, I wish you a nice evening. Bonsoir. <laughs>